Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. Uh, it's great to get this going again. Uh, this series is all based up in Sydney, Australia. Uh, we've got nine speakers on the episode, of nine episodes in this series. And um, welcome to Liz Kalin, first Sydney guest. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. It's great to get this going. Our location sponsor for the Sydney series is BrainMates. BrainMates is a product management training and consulting team based in Australia, New Zealand and Denver over in the USA. Find out more about BrainMates' three-day course for product folks on the 9th of December in Denver at www.brainmates.com.au. If you've just discovered Product Coalition, welcome. We're a global product management community that started out in 2014 as productcoalition.com. And since then, we've also established a Slack community with over 5,000 product managers that's free to join. Uh, you can visit productcoalition.com to grab yourself an invite for that. If you'd like to watch this podcast, you can do so on YouTube and search Product Coalition and see Liz and I. The Product Coalition is found, funded 100% by community support. So if you'd like to support the Product Coalition podcast, the publication, the Slack community, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash productco. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Great to have you here. Awesome. Um, really looking forward to this. Today we're going to be discussing product management insights from a food tech founder, yes. which I'm um, super awesome to get stuck <laughs> into. Um, before we do though, um, I've got going to just relax us a little bit with some sure. S- Sydney questions. So awesome. um, I've got three awesome Sydney questions, pub quiz style for you cool. to get us going. All right. So the first one is, how tall is the Sydney Tower? And it will be in imperial sizes for me because I'm English. (laughs) (laughs) Meters. Um, Gosh. A hundred meters tall? More than that. A hundred meters would be. What's a hundred meters? A thousand feet almost. Over. Mm. That's. Is that the Westfield Tower? Bang on. Is it? Yeah. It's a thousand and one feet. Whoa. Not bad. Wrong measurement. (laughs) Estimation. Yeah, sorry, it should be metric. Um, uh, what is the coat hanger? The coat hanger? I've got no idea. Apparently, it's that massive bridge down the road. Really? The, the coat bridge. hanger? Really? It's known by locals as the coat ah. hanger due to its distinct shape. Right. There we go. And th- this one is double difficult if the coat hanger was hard. Okay. What, <laughs> what is Cadman's Cottage? Ooh. Is it, is it a pub in the rock somewhere? Is it in the rock It's somewhere? in the rocks. Is it doesn't say wherever it's pub, but I'll, I'll give you okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. It's awesome. built in 1816. It's the oldest house in Sydney ah, located cool. in the rocks. Okay, awesome. Right. There we go. Okay. Um, Liz, Sydney, seven yeah. years in Sydney. Yes, yeah. What's your favourite spot by the water in Sydney? Uh, my favourite spot is Barangaroo Park. Right. Yeah, so just uh, around the corner from here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really There's love it. There's lots of work going on in Barangaroo. Yeah, so you have to walk past the casino. Um, right. I, I happen to live right around the corner, so it's very convenient for me. But um, but once you get past all of the construction, it's a really beautiful, really beautifully engineered piece of parkland that's by the water with really lovely polished um, concrete that looks like the old sandstone in the rocks. And it's just a really great place to bring a book and... Beautiful. Yeah, relax. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. check that out this yeah. weekend while I'm in town. Great. Mm-hmm. And w- what's your favourite meet-up or conference? 
Um, so my favorite meetup um, is kind of cheating because it's the meetup that I run. So it's Food Tech right. Australia, awesome. uh, which is trying to champion the food technology community uh, here, primarily in Sydney, but uh, Australia-wide. Um, conference, I would say, leading the product was really excellent this year in Sydney. Um, great speakers. Hopefully there's some uh, actionable insights I'll be sharing with your listeners with some of the speakers So in our awesome. discussion today. So Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. So today we're going to be discussing product management insights from yourself as a yeah. food tech founder. Yes. Could, could you tell us your path into product management, into food tech? Yeah. To here? Yeah. So um, I think uh, like most product m- people, it's slightly unconventional. So I started my career as a dietitian and nutritionist. And I'm uh, working in weight management for adolescents and educating uh, low-income families on how to eat healthy on a budget. And then was recruited by a large multinational food company to sell uh, infant nutrition products into hospitals. And that's when I really fell in love with the product, like the concept of product. Because I'd always loved food and food products and recommended specific products that were formulated in a specific way for the different clients that I would work with. But it was the first time that I realize the impact of something that was constructed and how it impacts like and facilitates certain human experiences. So the product that we were selling was by far clinically superior to what the hospital was using for these sick right. babies. And so I was so passionate about the, the evidence that was behind the product that was really easy to sell. So that was kind of the, my first taste of product management slash food tech. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. And, and from there, I'm assuming in the States? Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was in the US. And then seven years ago, I moved to Australia. Right. And uh, I started going to different meetups uh, to meet people. And I love food. I'm a dietitian. So I started going to all of the different markets and the delicious restaurants that we have here. And uh, I noticed a gap between the delicious food I was eating on the weekends uh, – in the markets and the Domino's pizza that I was eating at meetups and I'm a dietitian. So if I'm going to, calories are my currency. If I'm going to eat a sausage roll, it's going to be bloody, it's going to be Brook Street Bakery sausage roll, <laughs> not Coles. Uh, sorry, Coles. But um, yep. so I went online to see if there was a platform where I could recommend event organizers to order better food kind of, you know, because that's Brilliant. what I wanted yeah. and I didn't see anything. And I went, right. oh, that's really interesting. You know, maybe that's something that I could could facilitate and I just started learning about the lean startup and went to a lean startup event over the weekend and um, nearly quit or I had my team quit on me and uh, was trying to validate the idea that if I could get better food into the office that people would be interested but because it was a weekend all of the people that generally work in offices that order food are not working so um, again my first sort of taste of validation I realized that I hadn't tried to validate the other side of the market the Suppliers. So right. I went to a market in French's Forest in the, um, the north of Sydney and started asking people, you know, if I could get you more business, would you be my business partner? And they said yes. And after the weekend, I kept going and it just kind of amazing snowballed from there. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. The thing I love about food as a product, um, yeah. like when we, so much product conversation is around software. Correct. And trying to, create emotional reactions yeah. to build habit forming products right. yes um but with food yeah um it's the, the competition is so high but imagine the emotional attachment people have to food experiences is also far superior to software experiences yeah i think you know the when i i say that the, the two universal human experiences are really like food and music right, right? so it you know it's it, they're universal languages and 
you know, coming from maybe, and maybe it's my clinical background, but I believe that product people really do have a duty of care when it comes to creating products that are not only creating value and yes, you know, generating revenue, but also things that help to either improve or facilitate like superior human experiences. And food is part of that. So food tech for me means, um, because there's different parts, right? So there's the engineering of food, which is like modification or, you know, like development of physical products. And then there is the facilitation of the food products themselves, which was what our platform was. So the business that I had was called You Choose um, until I received a cease and desist letter and had to change my name. All right, okay. <laughs> and, and after which time uh, it was called Caterer D. So we were the Maitre D of catering online. And we built a technology platform where you could easily order delicious food from local caterers uh, into your office. And so food tech for me became about that facilitation because I didn't make food and I didn't deliver food. But I had a platform where I was facilitating these different interactions. And when you talk about how food is such a, like a universal experience and we're trying to create these really memorable experiences, it was that was my goal with my business. And it's all I ever thought about. But the reality, which so many product people yeah. learn, <laughs> is that it was actually an operational and logistics business. Right, okay. Because it's facilitation of a perishable product at scale that needs Mm -hmm. to be there on time, every time, looking like the photo. Okay. And the the operational challenges that were involved in facilitating that experience for people were it was never something that I could have anticipated had I, you know, known before. So I think it's really good you must have this vision where you are so passionate about this experience you're trying to create whilst at the same time knowing that the experience you're creating is sometimes not watching people eat the delicious food or eating the delicious food yourself. It's actually working with your developers and designers to make sure that people can order food really easily so that they are not, you know, that they're making, they're not making mistakes when they order or that they're getting the product that they want or they're able to make changes to their order, which happened all the time in catering. Right. Because it's very dynamic business, yep. you know, numbers change, people change, dietary requirements change, venues change, times change. So yeah, it was such a, I, I still, I love food so much and that's part of why I'm, you know, became a dietitian. But now I, I love product and I actually love the machinations of how things get to one place to another because even though it was really hard at the time, uh, it was such a liberating experience to understand how that food actually gets to you mm-hmm. to create that experience, especially now in this world where we're creating, where, you know, software is eating everything, right? Yeah. Except for food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing number of variables you mm. just rattled off there yeah. that are completely <laughs> outside of your control, mm-hmm. but you're completely also dependent on absolutely high, high levels of success. C- can we bring right back to the start of, of yeah. building a product? Sure. Um, from scratch to scale. Yeah must be especially with that context yes. that you've just given yeah. us um, a huge number of lessons what what stands yeah. out to you from, from that Ooh, experience there's so many I think uh, the first was I didn't understand the value of using just an Excel spreadsheet when you start right. and just making it as manual as possible for as long as possible and I was so convinced when I started that I needed a custom-built product that I could build myself in order to Um, facilitate the experience that I wanted. But really what I found was that, especially not being, you know, from a technical background and having to rely on technical people and resources in order to make that happen, is that the dynamics of the industry I was in changed so frequently that the the manual part was easily, it was malleable. 
Right. Right. So it's kind of, you know, really like an MVP is not a tech product. And we, I know that a lot of tech, you know, yeah. product people know this. I had to learn the hard way. I didn't right. realize because okay. um, I was a dietitian before. I had no right. business training. I literally just had an idea one day and went to a business, you know, weekend and read the lean startup and just started having a go. And I had a business before I knew it. So, um, so that was a, a big lesson. Um, I think, <laughs> and again, this is really basic, but um, understanding that what, a designer designs and the actual finished product when it's built <laughs> look very different. Yep. So when you think that you have um, created something and then you get something back, just again, understanding the machinations of that. And uh, the, I think when, in terms of the, the product itself, I think the one thing that I had that I'm so grateful for that I didn't realize was so important was that vision. Right, okay. You know, it was very much about, like, what is the experience we're trying to create? And, and, and how are we going to do this on both sides right. of the market? Because we have, on one hand, you know, the people that were ordering the food, who all, that's all I cared about in my business. But in my personal life, Liz, the founder, did this business because I just loved food and I loved people that made it. So it was kind of, right. how are we creating an experience that is, you know, um, simple and fun for everyone, for both sides, and kind of removes us as much as possible because we want them to facilitate, you know, we want them to communicate with each other. We just want to be facilitating that transaction and creating an experience and a service where, you know, it's, we make it easy to go through us because the customers that we had, you know, want a lot of variety, but they want, they expect a certain amount of consistency. And the suppliers only want to make food. I don't know if anyone knows right, any chefs okay. or anyone out there, but generally they're artists, you know, yep, yep. they're only really good at making food, generally speaking. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, so I think um, just making sure that you are in the back of your mind, you know, making sure that you have that vision, but that you also have people around you that will be able to help you understand what that's going to mean in a technical right, manner. Okay. Because like I said, I wanted a, an amazing experience from both sides and I was running an operations and logistics business. Mm which I didn't realize until I built version two. (laughs) Right. Wow. And then I think the last thing too is it comes down to the, um, so uh, Shoes of Prey talks about this, like the mass customization. I think I had it in my mind that people wanted to order great catering online. That was kind of like the mantra. They were the orders through the platform. They want to, you know, order great catering. But what I found was that a lot of the customers that we had uh, wanted that, they wanted that experience of a human to a human. So they loved the website and they loved the menus and they would pick out everything on the website and call my team and ask them to put the order through for them with their credit card details. They just wanted that extra level of someone else is looking after me and making sure that they're doing all the right things. And I remember looking at my team and looking at the platform and all of the blood, sweat and tears and money that I got into it and thinking my team are the only ones that are actually that are using. using. <laughs> but but customers loved it. They just, they were, I think it was slightly ahead of its time maybe. And in the, okay. the market that we had, we did have a lot of customers that ordered online, but we had a lot that didn't. Wow. And so wow. it was learning about, you know, they say, yes, we want an online ordering platform. And yes, they were using it, but they weren't using it themselves. Like we were the proxy that actually used our own platform in order to facilitate. Right, okay. And so it was just like fascinating things that you would never think of until you're actually you know, yep. executing on your vision. So, yeah. Fantastic. Um, when I think about food as an industry, multi-trillion mm. dollar industry, mm-hmm. you found something very specific, very niche and yeah. to excel specifically on that. Yes. Um, 
for product managers that are looking at food tech businesses, yeah. either going in as a product manager mm-hmm. to an existing yeah. food tech business or taking the, a path similar to yours mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. trying to create new value in the chain, um, what are some of the things to be aware of? Yeah, I think um, I would not discount the fact that you are you are a default product manager for two products. So there is the online experience and there is the offline experience at all times. Even if you are responsible for the software or the hardware that's facilitating any transaction, ultimately the product that shows up is like something that's physical and perishable and should look a certain way and taste a certain way. So I wouldn't discount the importance of understanding that before you know that's something that you uh, start to facilitate because then... Um, you're also kind of bought into that vision. Hopefully, if you're a product manager coming in and you're, you know, looking for a, a position in um, a food tech organization, you know, you are you want to get behind whatever it is that they're doing because food is fun. Again, it's universal. You know, generally speaking, it's a, a, it's a really fun industry to be part of. So you are looking after, even if it's not your direct responsibility, the end product is something that may not be in your control. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's plenty of experiences. We've all done it. We go to our favorite restaurant, order our favorite dish, but on a different day of the week, exactly. it's a completely different That's dish. Right. And in this instance, it's completely out, out of your control. That's right. Um, and, and it is, it, it you know, th- that emotional attachment of mm. people having a, an amazing food experience yeah. or a particularly poor food experience. Mm. Did you find judgment of the platform or did it <sighs> always go back to the food? You know, it was, it actually came back to the service. And I think um, initially, so, you know, it's funny because the cease and desist letter was probably the best thing that could have happened to my business at the time. And the reason was because I was so nascent in the industry. I'd started this business called You Choose, which was all about celebrating the caterer and their, you know, their creativity and the delicious food that they had and the experience that, you know, all of the people that were eating the food were having. And the only person I didn't consider was the person pushing the button. Right. that actually bought the food. You know, she was the only one that I hadn't, and she, it was a she, you know, that I hadn't really considered. So when I had to change my name, I went, you know, I'm going to go and speak to my customers about why they use me. And then I went, how have I never asked them before this right. why they use me? You know, it was just this, again, revelation where, you know, it was so focused on kind of, as a founder at least, what I wanted or what I was passionate about versus what the business actually needed. And that was the catalyst to change the entire brand, you know, it was all about service. It was all about the experience because I think people that order food in offices, they're not ordering for themselves. So really what they're doing, all they're doing is mitigating risk, really. That's Uh, why you eat, you know, crap sandwiches from downstairs because they know they're going to get there on time and they're, you know, they know the guy's name and they, they, they rely on that so that they, their job performance isn't affected. And as soon as I could convince them or make them feel comfortable through branding or through the, you know, online experience we were having and the testimonials that we had and sometimes trials we would have to have about the offline experience. Like it became an easier conversation, but that's also really hard to control. This is fascinating. The thoughts you're provoking in my mind is that I'm now seeing is there's there's food as a utility yeah. product, which is the thing downstairs mm-hmm. that's fast Absolutely. and easy. And then there's food as a beautiful product experience. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, in terms of product, people looking to start, they're starting yeah. the product, the platform, but there's also starting the whole company. Yeah. Employing people. Yes. The end to end, starting yeah. a company. What, what, are, what are some of the observations that, or lessons you wouldn't want to make twice? Ooh, I think I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this because now I teach entrepreneurial finance at UTS at the business school. Right. But I think it was 18 months before I did any financial modeling at all. Right. Okay. And it was because. 
I didn't, I didn't have any experience. I was doing it lean. I was doing, you know, just very much, you know, um, you know, connecting people and, you know, had a zero subscription and everything else. But I think for product managers that maybe haven't had to manage like real budgets before that you're directly responsible for generating yourself, like that would be the number one thing that I would like, you have to always be thinking about how are you going to make money? And if your product is good and you're delivering value to your customers, then, you know, hopefully that works, you know, that, that should be enough. You know, you have to be thinking about how is my business going to be generating revenue? Because if a business isn't growing, it's dead really. And you, you're going to lose that momentum. And yeah, the money is, I I always come back to the money. You know, how are you going to make money? Are you going to be able to make enough of it? Have you done any modeling so that you can figure out how you're going to actually, you know, have a family or like, you know, have a mortgage, you know, you might be a unicorn and you might be willing to spend three years, you know, without a salary. That's, and I encourage you to do that if you have that vision with that financial model (laughs) so that when you get there, you know, hopefully like how much money you're going to make and what kind of value you need to provide. It's, it, you know, I've certainly been there myself um, running my own business mm. when it, you can see payday coming up yes. on the calendar and do we have enough money in mm-hmm. the bank and how are we going to make it? And what I think's a, a real test of someone in business or product is how you make intelligent decisions yeah. under under pressures like yeah, that and, and don't make bad decisions that yeah. are going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Um, food, food tech in Australia, yeah. when I think about changes, someone like me, Man on the street would say it's like Deliveroo, yes. Uber Eats, yeah, yeah. Zomato. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's the future of food tech in Australia? Is it different to those types of concepts? You mentioned so much else. Yeah, I think on. there's you know there's a lot of different things that uh, Australia has going for it. The uh, you know and food is all like it's an all encompassing term, and so is technology, so is product, right? right? So um, in terms of agriculture opportunity in Australia, there is a massive internal piece of this country that is, you know, what's it like 10% is actually settled and 90% isn't. And there's a lot of, you know, granted, it's uh, not arable yet. But you know, there's an incredible um, agricultural technology opportunities here. Um, In terms of the the food tech, like uh, K3D, like the marketplace, I think that there's a there's a real gap in the market for like creative, um, creative solutions for problems that people don't really know they have. So um, a great example of this is a company called Mr. Yum in Melbourne. Are you? Yep. Yeah. So that was the business that I always said that I would have started, but I couldn't figure out how to, you know, make money. Clearly they figured out the way. So great to them, you know, again, for the product managers that are looking to start, just start because, you know, there's a lot of really good ideas, but it's all about execution. And so if you go out with someone like my pet peeve, because I love food so much, is that if I'm going to go out and spend $30 on a meal and I get my meal and the person next to me got a meal and it looks way better <laughs> than what I get, yep. you know, I'm, I'm so jealous. And I just, you know, I think that the creative solutions for like little problems like that, but will make a big difference to other industries like hospitality, for example, you know, they are really looking to, um, they, their margins are so tight and it's part of the reason why I decided to sell K3D when I did because I was, you know, the, the business was a good business. And, and, but I was making the majority of the money that I was making through the caterers and as small business owners themselves. It just brought me no joy to, uh, to take money from them, really. Yeah. And so I think if you can, I think there's lots of opportunities in Australia to actually create value and like create more opportunities for business um, and hopefully be able to support other industries like hospitality, like Mr. Yum is doing. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm proud Mary. I actually sort of advised to the board of Proud ah. Mary, one of Mr. Yum's first customers down in excellent. Melbourne. Yeah, so, excellent. Yeah, happy to to really support that that food envy moment mm-hmm. and try and overcome that. And you're right, as as a business in hospitality, you're looking to constantly lower costs and Absolutely. speed up the, the the turnaround time of food and mm-hmm. lower the cost to serve people. That's right. Um, every opportunity is one one to be looking at. Yeah. Um, beyond Australia, yeah. Is there any particular movements you're seeing elsewhere around the world or you know, observations? It's funny because as a dietitian, you know, we were trained on you know whole food and cooking, and you know, very much a um, it was very much a holistic um, uh, means by which you looked at uh, food products. I think now with the engineering of food, I'm a huge fan of that. And I think, um, you know, we talk about GMOs and genetically modified, and yes, it's bad to splice a fish gene into a blackberry and, you know, have the be, you know, insect resistant. Absolutely. But I think that there is so much opportunity for engineering of food products to maximize their nutritional value and capability. I never appreciated Soylent until I was a founder. Right. I went, how, you have to eat food. You know, that, that's what food is for. And then I had never in my life missed a meal. Never in my life until I... Woke up. I woke up one day and went, I didn't eat anything yesterday because I was so focused on my own food business. Right. And went, now I see the value right. of these kinds of products. You know, there's a market out there for different kinds of products. There's amazing things that are happening with um, with insect protein and wow. you know, like and, and, and beyond meat. I'm judging a, a panel tonight at Fishburners just up the road. And uh, most of it is food products. So right. one of them is the V2 Foods, which is the Beyond Meat-esque Wow. A vegan okay. burger that's being trialed at Hungry Jack's. I am so on board with taking the resources that we have if we don't have to deplete our environment and maximizing nutritional value through the engineering, provided that it is like still using whole ingredients in such a way that it's not going to be detrimental Fantastic. to the body. It's going to be beneficial. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Everyone's a winner. And yeah. we all enjoy the food. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, a question I should have opened sure. with. I've got my family here for the weekend. Oh, in Sydney. amazing. So, um, we enjoy low carb sort ah, of diet. Yeah, and, uh, I wouldn't say we're gluten free because we need to be. We just try and avoid it. Where, where would you recommend Ooh, dinner tonight? Where are you staying? Uh, we're up um, by Martin Place. Okay, so um, you can get the triple three bus up to the Paddington, right? And they do really nice roast chicken meals. Yeah, yeah, it's just like delicious roast chicken with chips and salad. You know, different vegetable dishes and um, some desserts, delicious cocktails. It's a great place to go. Easy. What was the name again? Uh, the Paddington. The Paddington. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been great. You had fun? Yeah, it's so much fun. I think we need to do another one again. Yeah. On, I'd, I'd love to chat about the, the diet side of Ooh, the industry as well. Anytime. Um, yeah. That, that would be great. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Uh, it's been an awesome first Sydney awesome. episode of the Product Coalition podcast. I've really enjoyed this. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can grab the RSS feed from productcoalition.com if you've got one of the other players as well. Thank you all again for listening. And thank you to BrainMates as our location sponsor for having me in Sydney um, to record these podcasts. Thanks again, Liz Kaylin, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.